Ed Peters, and I welcome you on behalf of Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers to another broadcast of What's New. Now today we will move on to verses 43 through 47 of Acts chapter 2. These verses continue Luke's account of the activities of the early church in Jerusalem following the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Here is what Luke writes regarding the fellowship of the believers, and we pick up our reading beginning with verse 42. They met constantly to hear the apostles teach and to share the common life, to break bread and to pray. A sense of awe was everywhere, and many marvels and signs were brought about through the apostles. All whose faith had drawn them together held everything in common. They would sell their property and possessions and make a general distribution as the need of each required. With one mind, they kept up their daily attendance at the temple, and, breaking bread in private houses, shared their meals with unaffected joy, as they praised God and enjoyed the favor of the whole community. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those whom He was saving.
There was great unity in the early church, which included a voluntary sharing to provide for those who did not have enough for the essentials of living. Luke also gives us a brief look into the daily life of these early Christians. In verse 46, he distinguishes their activities in the temple from that in their homes, where they ate their meals, not the Lord's Supper, with gladness and generosity. The fellowship, openness, and sharing enjoyed in the early church are fruits of the Spirit. Joy is to be the mood of the believer. Now here to bring us today's study is Pastor Henry Harder. I enjoy history, especially biblical history. I enjoy particularly the study of the beginnings or the origins of movements. That's a captivating exercise. That's why the first two chapters of the book of the Acts of the Apostles are so fascinating. Luke, the author of the book, focuses on the beginning of the Church of Jesus Christ. This was its birth. One most important thing that these early believers did was to meet together regularly. They met for Bible study. They had teachers. It was not just a pooling of ignorance. And they met for fellowship. Their fellowship is first defined as breaking bread and prayer. They ate together, celebrating the Lord's death by breaking the bread, and they prayed together. Perhaps that's the best definition of fellowship. Perhaps that's the best way to practice fellowship, the Lord's Supper and corporate prayer. Now, Luke lists four results of this kind of meeting. Here is the way Luke records it. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Here are the four results of this kind of devotion to the study of the scripture and to this kind of fellowship. Number one, fear came upon everyone. Number two, there was the sharing of material things. Number three, all the people showed favor to this new group. And number four, people were added to their number daily. Now I'd like to focus on each one separately for a moment. Everyone was filled with awe. This includes not just the believers, but also the other people of Jerusalem. No doubt the news of Peter's preaching and the continued evidence of wonders and signs served to continue the feeling of fear and awe among the believers and the people alike. It was very obvious that God was at work. Something great was happening. We sometimes experience moments that go down in history, but at the time we fail to recognize them to be that significant. But these people sensed that something great was happening. They were filled with awe. 
While the experience of the unusual may create awe in a human's mind, if that unusual continues, then the awe ceases. The people who experienced the exodus from Egypt saw God at work in most unusual ways for a period of years. The whole 40-year trip was one miracle after another, yet they treated God as common. In fact, they turned to idols, idols that had done absolutely nothing. What I'm saying is that awe for God must be volitionally developed and maintained or it will be lost. Even in the midst of constant miracles, the Israelites coming out of Egypt lost their awe of God. They made no effort to cultivate and to maintain it. Not only did they lose their awe of God, they lost God. The unusual became routine, and God was lost in the routine things of life. The answer is not to find something unusual all the time. The answer is not to continually demand the miraculous from God, but the answer is to develop a sense of the presence of God in the normal, usual, routine things of life. God works in those too, not just in the unusual. God is just as involved in the normal things of life as he is in the unusual. Develop a sense of God so that you won't lose him under any circumstances, be they good or bad, usual or unusual, unique or common. Develop and maintain a strong sense of the presence of God that will carry you through any experience in life. It seems that these disciples never lost their sense of God and of Christ. In reading through the book of Acts, God to the apostles was always seen as a vital, active, and real part of life on this planet, in the routine as well as in the unusual. That's the way it should be. God is here. God is involved. God is active. Cultivate a sense of his presence. That's how he wants it.
New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.